so many people are struggling these days. So many people have lost interest in things that used to bring joy to their lives. There's lots of people out there that we don't even realize that are struggling. But the reality is no one is immune to this type of brokenness. Depression has taken hold of our culture and brought so many people to a place of loneliness and despair. Whether it's seasonal depression, clinical depression, or postpartum depression, it is critical that we seek to have a healthy game plan on how to deal with it. So let's get trying. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Anxious Pastor Podcast. I just wanted to take a minute and say thank you to all of you who have subscribed and shared this podcast with your friends and family. It's been incredibly humbling to me to be able to share my story, my journey, my struggle, and hopefully be an encouragement to other people. And so thank you for sharing with me how it's helping you, how it's an encouragement to other people. That's exactly what I want for this podcast is to be an encouragement. And that's what this is all about. In our last episode, I discussed how unexpected things in life can totally shut us down and ramp up our anxiety. So if you haven't listened to that episode, then jump back and check it out. But one of the things that I mentioned in that podcast was a how-to book called How to Avoid Huge Ships. Now, the book is literally about avoiding huge ships and To be completely honest, I find this hilariously pointless, and apparently so does a lot of people. I know that you're probably like, why are we talking about this right now? And you know what? That is a great question because honestly, it has nothing to do with this topic, but I just thought this was funny and I really needed to share it um, because apparently I'm not the only person who thinks that a book about avoiding huge ships is pointless. But one of our listeners actually found a website that shared some of the funny reviews about it from this book. And I'm sorry, I have to share a couple of these. If you want to, you can jump ahead. But like the old saying goes, maybe laughter is the best medicine. I just I just really have to share a couple of these. So again, the book was called How to Avoid Huge Ships, and it's literally about avoiding huge ships. And a lot of these reviews are actually sarcastic reviews. So you kind of have to think of them in that vein. So here's the first one, and it comes from Captain Crunch. This book really is one of the best huge ship avoidance references I've came across. Not just for the effective methods that it teaches as avoiding to huge ships, but also from exploding some of the huge ship avoidance myths that many of us have taken for granted. For example, Do not charge huge ships at full speed in an attempt to scare it off. This may work with coyotes, but it is less effective with huge ships. Similarly, do not roll over your boat and play dead unless your huge ship is captained by a grizzly bear. This will not work. Do not attempt to go under the huge ship. This typically is not successful. And the last one, do not attempt to jump over huge ships. Here's the next review by J.A. Dear Captain Trimmer, this was the author of the book. The uncalled for cynicism and ridicule heaped on your book have likely made you gun shy about writing again. I encourage you to keep at it for the world desperately needs your guidance on many a weighty matter. 
In particular, many hope you can apply your your skills to the troubling issues below. Number one, how to avoid huge dinosaurs. There's a lot of confusion out there about whether standing perfectly still next to a dinosaur makes you undetectable or just delicious. Uh, How to avoid huge meteors. I don't carry a cell phone, so many of those avoiding huge meteor apps are useless to me. And the third one, how to avoid huge imaginary friends. This one pretty much speaks for itself, doesn't it? In sum, ignore the mockery. You're already huge to your fans. Now it's time to get huger. Write your next magnum opus. (laughs) Okay, now that we've wasted a minute and a half of our lives for whatever that was, I, well, first off, I'm sorry. I just had to share that. But today's episode is an incredibly important one. And honestly, I wanted to start with something funny because this is a heavy topic. And I think it's important uh, to be able to have some lighthearted moments to be reminded that life can be hard, but life can also be funny and good and joyful. So with that said, today we're talking about depression. Depression is that struggle in life that can make you feel alone. And honestly, that's what depression wants. It it wants you to live in that lie. Depression is defined as a common or serious medical condition that negatively affects how you feel, the way you think, and how you act, as defined by the American Psychiatric Association. In my terms, though, depression is the mental issue that pushes us into dark thoughts and destructive actions. The mental issue that pushes us into dark thoughts and destructive actions. Here are some statistics about depression. And before you go tuning me out, just listen to these. They're they're really important and they really shed some light on what is going on in our culture today. In a 12-month period of time, one in 15 adults will be affected by depression in some way. Over the course of their lifetime, one in six people will deal with depression. And here's another staggering number for you. In 2017, there were 47,000 Americans who committed suicide. The suicide rate has increased 33% since 1999. Gosh, this should really show us all how important it is to talk about this subject. I personally have had some pretty dark seasons where my depression has taken me to the line of being ready to die to be quite honest. And while I I really wasn't in a place I would hurt myself, I was in a place where I was ready for the Lord to take me. Now, again, I want to reiterate, I am not a counselor or even an expert in this area, but I have dealt with these issues. And quite honestly, I've tried my best to research them significantly and have a good understanding of what's going on and hear the different perspectives from different angles. Now, I strongly encourage you to seek professional help and counseling if you're struggling with depression. We'll talk about that a little bit in a moment, but depression roots itself in isolation and in your thoughts. I would say most of my life I've dealt with some ongoing depression, but it wasn't until 2011 that I felt a massive shift in my life. And to give you a little context, Jarek and I had just had our firstborn son, Jedediah, and I can tell you things were very difficult. In the hospital, we'd went through an extremely rough delivery and Jericho was having a hard time recovering. 
Now, once we were home, it was clear that something was definitely different with Jerrica. And this carried over into the next six months of having this new baby in our lives. And it wasn't until the latter part of that six months that we realized that she was dealing with postpartum depression. This was something that we weren't really prepared for and definitely didn't understand. And I know for Jerrica and I both, like it just wasn't like her. Jerrica has always been the happiest and most joyful person I knew. But during those first six months, she was not herself at all. And at the same time, I was drowning as a father and as a husband. At first, I had a hard time adjusting to not having the freedom to do what I wanted. Uh, I wasn't sleeping. Jerrica definitely wasn't sleeping, which then started to make me feel guilty that she wasn't able to sleep. Intimacy for us was literally non-existent. And I will tell you, that was very hard for me. I know that's weird. Some people are like, oh, we don't want to know that. Well, I'm sorry. That's part of the struggle that we were having. Jerrica was struggling and needed help from me. She needed more help from me than usual. But I was barely handling what I had already been doing. I was just having a hard time. It was so rough. And I remember being in a meeting with two of my male coworkers at the time, and something was said to me that just honestly rubbed me the wrong way, and I blew up. I went off on them and I literally, as I'm yelling and just laying into them because I am so overwhelmed by this, I just start crying uncontrollably. And to be quite honest, I am very grateful that I had an employer who was understanding and gracious with me because I acted completely awful and treated those guys so poorly, but I was broken. I was so broken. I would go home from work and I would just sleep. I I didn't want to do anything. I would think about dying and I just wanted it to be over. And I felt like the whole world was just coming in on me. And as always, what depression does is it makes you isolate yourself. And that's what happened. And I don't know if you ever get this feeling, if this is something you deal with, but it was like a constant lump in my throat. Those six months were incredibly, insanely, whatever the word you want to use, hard. There was so much darkness surrounding our family at the time. Now, I said this in our last episode, hindsight is twenty twenty, And that's so true, and especially when it comes to me looking back on that season of my depression. Something I learned out of that is, one, a healthy view of depression isn't talked about enough, first in the church, in the media, and especially in families. You know, the, the word that comes to mind for me is vulnerability. Whether it's church, media, or family, it feels like everyone thinks that you should just pretend that anxiety and depression are not real issues. But see, it's been proven that they are physical health issues. It's just like someone having high cholesterol. I mean, it's just that reality for us, but we kind of still put it in the boat of taboo. Or some people would say, you don't have enough faith. If you're a believer, you don't have enough faith. And that's why you struggle with depression. That's why you struggle with anxiety. And that is not true. You know, we just tend to say, hey, you know what? We don't talk about, quote unquote, taboo things. And it's hard for us to have the courage or for someone to have the courage to be vulnerable and talk about real issues. And so I feel like that is so important. And how much better would relationships be if we could acknowledge to each other that we don't always have it together? 
That was the huge issue for me and Jerrica. We didn't talk about what we were dealing with. And quite honestly, we didn't know what we were dealing with. And you know, no one prepared us for it. And I don't blame anybody for that. But the reality is we should do something about it. We should talk about this. We could help people be better prepared for it. Something else that I found to be true from my depression is that the natural response is to be isolated. I felt like Jerrica had her own issues. I had several people telling me to suck it up or get over it. And how am I supposed to do that? I mean, for me, it's not a light switch. I can't just turn it off. It's our reality and it's painful. So the easiest thing to do in that pain, especially when it doesn't feel like anyone understands, is to retreat. I would go upstairs. I would close the door. And honestly, deep down, I wanted Jerrica to follow me and ask me if I was okay. And I would intentionally be cold to coworkers so they would see that something was wrong and they would ask if I was okay. And I'm not sure if everyone wants that like I do, but I would guess that most people in their isolation want someone to come in and be with them. I know I did even when I didn't act like it. Now, I can say that true healing started to come to our family, first of all, with time. There are some parts of our struggles that we need to just let time heal. Like for Jerrica, it was recovery from the delivery. But what are some actions that we can take toward recovery in this area? And here's, here's several that I've came up with. First and foremost, we have to talk about this issue every time for however long it takes. We have to step it up in our churches, in our circles, and in our families and have healthy discussions about what's both happening in our lives from an unhealthy standpoint and how it affects our emotions. We have to talk about how it's okay to feel this way and that it's okay to talk about it. And then I feel like from that, we can put a game plan in place on how to help ourselves and help one another. The second thing I'd say is we have to fight to not isolate ourselves and we have to be aware of those around us who might be isolating themselves and hope someone will come pull them out of it. If you're the person that's isolating yourself, think about it for a moment. Don't you want someone to come alongside of you? The only way that is possible is if you make a first step. And that first step has to be to reach out to someone to say, hey, help me. I need someone to even just sit with me in these emotions. Now, if you're someone who sees this in someone else's life, or maybe you don't see this at all in anyone's life, we first have to have our eyes and our ears open to the people around us, especially the ones that we have relationships with. They should be the ones that we can see these things in. And I think that will go a long way in creating an awareness in our lives when someone that we care about is isolating themselves or starting to go down this path of depression. Now, here are several proven ways that we can help with depression. And I'll admit, I still have trouble with these personally, especially this first one. The first one is physical health, exercising, sleep, diet. And and if you're not eating well and you're not exercising, then you're going to be more prone to depression. And if you're not getting a good night's rest, that's going to affect your overall mood and what's going on with your body. See, I know I struggle with these things because the way I eat actually affects my sleeping or when I eat because I like to eat late affects my sleep and honestly, vice versa. 
And I can almost guarantee you that if I haven't ate well, then I won't sleep well. And if I don't sleep well, then I can feel the negativity flood my mind when I wake up. Another part of physical health is seeing a doctor. And personally, I take antidepressants and I believe in them. Honestly, I'm not against that. And and to, to be truthful, I used to think that I would be weak in my faith as a believer in Jesus if I took meds. But I had a good friend kind of challenge me on that. And, you know, the reality is I've seen a tremendous difference in my mood and my engagement with other people since taking meds. So if that's something that you feel like you should do, you should talk to your doctor. They're the only resource that can help you figuring out what's best for you. The second way that we can help with depression is evaluate what you're consuming and what you're giving. I'll say that again evaluate what you're consuming and what you're giving. See, this one is so important and I really think it's critical and we don't really think about it a lot, but in an ever-increasing technological culture, we have to be very protective of what we are consuming. We have to be very protective of how it's affecting us and what it's telling us about ourselves. So if you're a person that spends a lot of time on social media or just online in general, I would have you ask this question. Do you find yourself feeling empty or dissatisfied after laying down your phone? Do you feel like you struggle with envy or feeling like you don't look pretty enough or you don't have that great of a body or that great of a home or that great of a spouse after looking at someone's Instagram or Facebook or looking at Pinterest? If so, it's probably because we engage too deeply in these type environments. We start envying others. We become discontent with our circumstances and we're just downright jealous, to be quite honest. Also, what about news and media? They're constantly showing us how broken the world is, how political figures are corrupt and how the economy is up and down more than Sally Joe on a seesaw. Then we're going to feel more stressed and more anxious. I know I do. I've almost had to avoid news because of that. See, we're consuming something that is giving us a false expectation about our current lives. Now, don't hear me wrong. I'm not saying that online presence in moderation is a bad thing. But if you consume too much of anything, it will off-balance your life. And then I think on the flip side of all of this, we should be asking the question, what are we giving? So we spend a lot of our time focused on ourselves, our points of view, our careers, whatever it may be, and we don't really contribute and help others. And that really makes us miss out on what could be bringing a healthy balance to our lives. See, when we take the focus off ourselves, it can only be on others. And we're given the opportunity to not think about those negative feelings. It gives us the power to overcome the darkness in our minds by sharing our light with others. So set up a reminder each morning to encourage someone through text, through a phone call or a cup of coffee. Help your spouse with a chore that they absolutely hate to do, but you know, you don't really mind to do that. Find the opportunity to be a better listener to a coworker, friend, or family member. You know what? Just be creative with it. I promise that that shift in perspective from self to others will be rewarding and it will actually help you. The third thing, I, I, just, I believe in this so much because it is, it's something that really helped me in my life. Talk with a counselor or a therapist. 
This was something that was a tremendous help for me during my dark season of depression. Now, I'm sure some of you are thinking, I'll never do that. Well, guess what? I did too. I thought it was weak. I honestly thought it was so stupid and pointless, but man, was I wrong. And in the moment, eh, yeah, I'll say I didn't like it, but again, hindsight's twenty twenty. And when I finally put my pride down and went and talked to someone, it, it was huge. But you got to find the right person, but don't be afraid of working through your depression with someone who is an expert in that specific area. The last thing I would say that could really, really help with this depression issue is to ask for help. So this may be outside of counselors or therapists, but you have lots of people around you that care about you. So ask for help. Now, this may be the most basic thing I tell you in this episode, but it is one of the most important. Fight the urge to isolate yourself. Take just one step and ask for help from someone you trust. It could change everything for you. Now, I mentioned this in the last episode, but if you don't feel like you have anyone to talk to, man, email me at theanxiouspastor.com at gmail.com. If you don't feel comfortable with me, then call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. They are there to talk with you and help you. And you can call it at 1-800-273-TALK. 1-800-273-8255. I just want you to know that there are people who care and want to talk you through these struggles. (sighs) Okay, shoo. I feel like I need to go take a nap after unpacking all that. I know it's a lot. Don't get overwhelmed. As always, walk with someone who can help carry that burden for you. Join our Anxious Pastor community on Facebook where we dig into these things a little deeper. Even if you just don't want to connect face-to-face with someone, this is kind of a way we're just trying to push out there for people to connect to one another. We're still getting it off the ground, but the more people that can chime in, the better. And as we're closing up this episode, again, I want to say thank you to each of you who helped support this podcast. If you would like, we have a Patreon page that you can help offset some of the cost of this podcast. Uh, And there's no obligation or no expectation. It's just if you feel led, but you can find it at patreon.com backslash the anxious pastor podcast. And that's actually Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com backslash the anxious pastor podcast. Also be sure to subscribe, review, and tell your friends about the podcast. Let's get this community growing. And again, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at anxious pastor and check us out at the Thanks for joining us for this episode. Let's dig in and let's get trying. <laughs>